Thanks for listening to Adopted Believers Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Nelson. Today's study of 1 John finds us in 1 John 2.28. We're going to look at what it means to abide in Christ. And to help us do that, we have a special guest today, the worship pastor at First Baptist Church Park Street, Pastor Dale Fields. Pastor Dale, thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Daniel. Great to be with you. So before we begin, we're going to take a look at the text. So 1 John 2.28 reads, And now, little children, abide in him, so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame in his coming. So I've got two questions for you today. And the first one is, so John uses a form of the Greek word for abide, meno, 23 times in 1 John, and he references abiding in the sun often. Why is abiding in the sun so important, and how do we do it? Yeah, Daniel, I think that's a great question. Um, that word abide literally means to remain in or to be kept continually in. And as you mentioned, uh, John uses that word often. So I, I take First John, uh, or the author of First John, to be the same author of the Gospel of John. And in the Gospel of John, chapter 15, John explains what it means to abide in Christ. So a few thoughts on this. Uh, he tells us in John 15 that at its core, abiding is remaining continually or being connected continually to Jesus. John 15 verse 1 says, I am the true vine. These are Jesus' words. And my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. And then he goes on to say, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So there's this idea of attachment, of continually remaining uh, in relationship with Christ. And as we come to Jesus and trust in Jesus and remain in fellowship with Christ, we'll be abiding with him. But John also tells us that the idea of abiding involves cherishing Jesus' words. Uh, he says this in John 15, verse 9, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So according to Jesus, abiding in him means that his word abides in you, that you're continually remaining in his word. Uh, abiding in Jesus means you're continually trusting in his word. And then uh, just one other note from John 15, I think that abiding in Christ um, has consequences in the Christian life. And what I mean is that according to John, if we abide in Christ, um, then that will produce spiritual fruit. So John says in John 15, 5, whoever abides in me or remains in me and I in him, he it is that will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Uh, so Daniel, I think what, what that means is, uh, you know, the consequence of not abiding in Christ is that we don't bear spiritual fruit. Uh, or or the, say it another way, nothing of eternal significance can be produced in our lives if we're not mm -hmm. abiding in Christ. Yeah, I think a lot of a sense of abiding in is like living in, like almost like making Christ your home. And so there's a lot of anthropomorphic and allegorical language in this. Christians are called children, 
and we are to abide in or live in the Son, Mm -hmm. and we're called children of God. So we're to live in Christ under the authority of God as shown to us in the Bible. And when we do that, we won't shrink in shame at Christ's coming because we're sons in his household. We are sons of God. And so this verse really is a summary of our adoption. We're to live in Christ, always looking to him like a younger brother does to his older brother. And so just for some context, like in Roman families, the male leader of the household had absolute authority over the whole household, even the power of life and death over it. So we need to realize that God controls all the events in our life, and he controls when we die, and eventually when we receive our full inheritance as adopted sons and daughters. So we've got one more question for you. So John points to the future as a reason why we should abide in the Son. So how are we to let the future impact how we live today in relation to abiding in the Son? Yeah, that's a great question, Daniel. Um, I I agree that our hope that Jesus will come again in the future um, affects how we live in the present. Now, in the verse, in, in, in context, if you look at First uh, John, and look back at verse 26, you see that John's been talking about those who are going to deceive believers or causing believers to stray away into uh, believing false doctrine. But here in verse 28, John says that we're to abide in Christ. We're to remain in a personal relationship with Christ, staying connected to Jesus, cherishing his words, bearing spiritual fruit, all of these things, and that will prevent us from straying into false doctrine. So, at the second coming, when Jesus appears to judge the living and the dead, we can have confidence rather than shrinking back in shame. I think that's what John means in this specific verse. However, the future reality of Jesus' second coming uh, majorly impacts how we live today Mm -hmm. uh, in a couple of ways. You know, we look back and we think about what Jesus has done for us in purchasing our redemption on the cross, and we also look forward with hope that Jesus is going to return and complete that redemption. And we think about promises in the Bible, like Hebrews 6, 19, that says, this hope we have, it is an anchor for our soul, a hope that's both sure and steadfast. And so what anchors Christians in times of trouble, in times of stress, uh, when things get rocky, is that hope uh, that we have in Christ, in, in the, the promised future return of Christ. Um, and we, we realize that we're bound for heaven. We realize that death will be no more. Sadness will be no more. Joy will last forever. It will be full and forever. And that we'll be in the presence of Christ eternally. Uh, I think one pastor had said it really well. He said, not only does heaven or will heaven heal uh, every earthly sorrow, but it will also fulfill every earthly happiness. So when we think about that glorious future, it completely changes the way we live. We view this world as temporary, and just knowing what awaits us helps us face any challenge, no matter how difficult it might be. Yeah, and I don't think it's an accident that Paul in his letter to the Corinthians, who are a struggling church, gives a huge chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, solely dedicated almost like to all of our glorification and what our future is going to be like with Christ. And because it's such an essential doctrine, if we don't have a right focus on the future 
if we don't have hope in where we're going, then we are naturally going to lead to struggles. And so... Yeah, this is what motivated Paul when he said, you know, I press on uh, to make to make it my own because Christ Jesus made me his own, Philippians 3, right? Mm-hmm. The one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upper call of God in Christ Jesus. Yeah, he had aim in his life and he yeah. knew where he was going. Yeah, absolutely. Great thoughts, Daniel. Yeah, thanks for being with us today. Man, thank you for having me. Such a, Such a joy to be with you. Thanks for listening to Adopted Believers Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform and share us with your family and friends. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, please send them to me at daniel at adoptedbelievers.com.